area. The European champion is also there. That is Christoph. Report behind him in red. Matthews is into the mix. Sagan, the world champion. He sits the wheel of Gaviria and he waits patiently. Here comes Degen Cole, perhaps. He's on the wheel of Sturgeon and he's ready to launch. Sagan switches across. And now Oz gets out of the way. Gaviria is still waiting. Gilbert looks across. And still waiting is Gaviria. It starts to head upwards. Gaviria goes. Sagan is ready to pounce. It's the world champion racing for yellow. Gaviria on debut. It's the Colombian who gets there. Gaviria wins. Gaviria takes yellow. And he picks the world champion in the process. We are trying a new thing to recording here, going live on YouTube. Welcome to the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is Tyler Yonke, episode 73. We're doing stage by stage. I don't know if we'll do every stage, but we're going to be doing uh, multiple stages of the 2018 Tour de France. Today, uh, stage one. So we had a little, quite an interesting development and... Um, you know, this is there's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of them doing stages of the tour. And I thought what we can try to do is maybe we'll try it with Facebook Live instead of YouTube Live, but uh, get your input as we talk about it. That way you can actually join in some of the conversation. Give me your input. Uh, you maybe be part of the hosting here since Kurt and Chris aren't aren't here with me today. And they've kind of, I don't know if they're disillusioned with cycling, uh, definitely with the Tour de France. But anyway. This is what we have today. Uh, stage one, we had stage one, 201 kilometers um, from Normentier to Fontenot-le-Comte. And 201 kilometers, there's a sprint spot at 119.5 point, another Cat 4 climb, at, or a Cat 4 climb at the 173 kilometer point, a bonus point sprint at just 13 kilometers from the finish. So these bonus points and these... Um, the green jersey sprints, they're going to be just a little bit different. So they're having the green jersey sprint spots, which they take like 15 deep on points. Uh, but then they're having bonus points uh, during the stage, giving the riders out there a chance to get three, two, and one or more. Today it was three, two, and one um, actual uh, bonus points. Now, it didn't come into the play for uh, the overall, as we'll see. So stage one typically... You get a winner and you get the uh, overall jersey uh, as well. So today, very flat. They were starting up in on the coast. About half of the race are going to be going down the coast, kind of southeast. Uh, and then about the 119-kilometer point uh, heading west over to the finish. Uh, it was supposed to be possible wins. This is definitely one of those sections in the Vendee uh, region. Uh, especially along the coast. You never know what you're going to have there. So thinking is maybe they're going to get some action that way. However, the race turned into a breakaway from kilometer zero. Nothing happening until about 11K to go. Then carnage hits till the finish. And we're going to talk about all of that coming up. Okay, so the profile. Profile was very flat. Uh, should be a sprinter's day as we indicated. Was it? Yes, actually it was. But there were some highlights. From kilometer zero point, you had three continental riders, and it almost looked like they did this in like a coordinated attack. Uh, boom, boom, boom. You had uh, Forneo Sumsek, uh, Guanti, Guanti Group Gobert, and Direct Energy. So you had Kevin Ledenois of Fortuneo Samsek, Jan Ofredo of Guanti Group Gobert, and Jerome Cousins of Direct Energy. 
Um, they, I mean, this is when the kilometer zero flag hit. These guys took up the road and they weren't, they were, you know, about 3.30, I think was their, their lead at the time, but nothing other than that. So prior to that, we just had, well, not prior to that, but from there to the finish, uh, nothing's really happening. However, there were uh, sprint points, bonus points, and KOMs to deal with. First of all, we had the sprint. Um, at the sprint spot, uh, Cousins leads in Leda Noir and Alfredo through the intermediate and he ends up getting the sprint. So from behind, though, you're going to have the green jersey start to shake up a little bit. So from there, you had Fernando Gaviria pointing things to come. Uh, Andre Geipel, Arnold Demar, Bodnar, Cavendish, Iran, Rigoberto Iran mixes it up with Christoph, Kittle, Rikesi, Zabel, Burghardt. And I think Burghardt took uh, the 15th spot, the last point spot they would have points from his own teammate Sagan. So I don't know if that uh, was very good. Anyway, 29K in. Well, then right after that, there was also a wreck and it took down uh, Lawson Craddock of the United States. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him coming up. But basically, he had uh, he went down, he was injured, he kept coming in back and forth. Um, he'd get back onto the group and then he'd kind of get popped off again. And it was around that KOM spot. It didn't look, it looked like his shoulder was hurt. So he was having trouble actually holding onto the bars. And so climbing was, was a little difficult. And even though this KOM wasn't like they're going full out, he came off on that spot. Uh, so he had 29 kilometers left to go. So he ends up coming in, uh, on his own. But when I say on his own, there was still action around him. And I'll get to that in a second. All right, so the kilometer, 28, 29 kilometers to go. The three brake guys hit the climb. It's a uh, four category, the Cote de Vix, 700 meters at 4.2%. And they had a leave of about 45 seconds at that point. Uh, okay, so then they cross over the, the KOM. Kevin Ledenois of Samsic, uh, Fortuneo Samsic wins that. So he will be in the mountain jersey tomorrow. He's the only one of these group that uh, was able to get anything out of there. Um, then we have the bonus sprint and that comes, uh, what about 15 K I think from the finish and Jerome cousins wins that over Alfredo and Oliver, Oliver Nason had been driving, trying to catch up to these three. And I don't know if it was his point of, I'm going to get this bonus sprint and then see what I can do in the final, but he doesn't quite catch. As you can see, um, one of the guys came off. So it was just cousins and Alfredo and then Nason comes in and he doesn't end up catching them. And then as the group basically is getting caught, uh, the, the break, the two guys out front, um, that's when the carnage all happens. It all starts around the 11 kilometer to go point. The brakes being reeled in. These two guys are giving each other fist bumps. If you don't know what fist bump is, you can Google that. Um, just don't use the urban dictionary version of that. But anyway, these guys are getting caught. It's all hell breaking loose. And there's a wreck in the middle of the field. Arnold DeMar goes down for Groupama. Uh, Adam Yates, Pierre Latour, uh, Richie Port, uh, and, the, and the and the teams up front aren't really driving it too hard, but they're still up there. There's Quick Steps on the front, Dimension Data, uh, Lotto Sudal, um, and they're just kind of rolling. And there's a little bit of a gap. You think, okay, well these guys about 10, 11 k, they should be able to get back on, and they're having some trouble doing so. Uh, six kilometer point, the road narrows in again. There's a lot of narrowing roads here with some, some banners and barriers up there. Egon Bernal 
goes over, over the handlebars on the side of the road. He goes down. He gets up. He's trying to catch back. The sprint teams almost look like they're kind of starting to ramp it just a little bit more. The brake is still trying to come back. You see Pierre Latour weaving through traffic. He's trying to make it back. I, you know, AGTR rider. Um, I guess he has his hopes for the overall. So he's kind of in the mix with all that. Um, and it looks like he's a little crazy about how he's doing it too, weaving through the cars. Now you have all this carnage coming back. You have also riders from quick step and some of these other teams that are peeling off the front of doing their work and they're kind of done. And Latour is getting caught up in the middle of this six K to go. Like I said, Bernal goes down then five K to go. We basically have another thing coming on race radio and it says, Hey, uh, from shoot C H U T E. Like he's down the chute. Basically he fell and you can see this on, there's some good videos out there. I actually retweeted it on our, uh, between two wheels podcast, Twitter, um, from the tour. Uh, it's a, must be from Velon. It's another bike right behind him. And right, look, Froome must've hit his race weight because he got flicked off and it was Krista and not Chris, a Kittle, uh, from Katusha kind of comes into him uh, from rider of dimension data. It looked like it was had kind of pushed on him. And he gets kicked. I mean, he gets flicked over the side of the road into the ditch. Uh, he misses a post. I don't know if it was an inflatable or if it was a hard one, but he just barely misses this, goes down. So now his team comes back and they're going to try to dig him up. 3.4K to go. Quintana pulls over on the side of the road. He had made the front split and he pulls over to, uh, I guess he broke both tires. You know, at the time, and it was on Twitter and other places, people were basically asking, hey, why didn't he, he's 0.4, 400 meters. He needed to just roll through to the three kilometers because that three kilometers to go, you have safe haven. And if you have an accident or flat within 3K, you basically get the same time as the group you're in. And he's in the front group. He had ditched Froome behind now, ditched Port uh, Adams. So he was looking pretty good. But... um he, the point was he actually broke both wheels. So he was getting a wheel change and the wheel change looked bad. It was from neutral support. Like the last, it was reminiscent of uh Froome, what in 2016 at Von two, where he's getting the bike. It's slow. It's confusing. And Nairo standing there as he lets basically the group, just Froome's group just go by and he's on the radio, a catastrophic day for him as well. Um, he almost made the three kilometer point and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. So when Froome went down, now you see the the urgency at the front group, plus they're 3K to go. So it all mixes in with the sprinters and you have quick step just coming to the front and lining it out. And at that point when the, the, the group, uh, so Froome gets in with the port group, he's chasing Nairo's not quite making it there. So he's behind that. I'm not sure if Bernal, I don't think Bernal made it either. So he's back even further and it's scattered across the road. Uh, then quick step hits the front and they drill it. And then Gaviria uses his team to perfection, comes around the wind, hits the wind about 200 meters and holds it off for the wind over Sagan. Um, one of the guys I talked about before, Gronewagen, he looked to be too far back, maybe 15, 10 back. And when this, the sprint started, he was, he had got himself moved up, but he actually looked pretty good. So we go over the results now. So he had Gaviria coming in through, uh, for the win today. And these are also the GC times here. Peter Sagan, second place, you know, it's P- look, it's, it's Marcel Kittle in third, Christoph in fourth, Christoph Laporte in fifth, Dylan Gronewagen, Michael Matthews, Dagenkalb, 
And then that, that big time sprinter, Jacob Fugelsung and Rafa Micah, they got mixed in, you know, cause that's what happens. You have other teams, you know, it's a diminished group and some of these GC guys are able to uh, hit the front and that hold that front group. And so, you know, and there was uh, some splitting in there right around. And I'm surprised they didn't give them, uh, they, they gave them all the same time for the top 50, 60 riders or so. So let's just go over some, an overview of how the GC riders fared on the day. Cause you had, uh, you had, uh, you know, some of these guys missed out and they lost some decent time. So let's just break that down. Well, Gaviria, he won. So we're not going to give him, but he's, he's, uh, in yellow for tomorrow. Uh, Jacob Fuglesong, as I mentioned, was ninth. So he's ninth overall as well. Same time. Rafa Micah, same time. Vincenzo Nibali made the split. Same time. Garrett Thomas made the split. Same time. Tom Dumoulin, Mikel Landa, Roman Bardet, Alejandro Valverde, Dan Martin. Uh, and I will also mention Dan Martin at 52nd, but I'll also mention there are only two BMC riders uh, that made that front split. Uh, TJ Van Garderen, American, and Greg Van Avermaet. So they did not drop back to help Richie Port. And I know um, TJ is the protected, I don't know if he's protected, but he's the super domestique for Port this year. And he did not drop back. You know, he's a strong engine himself. uh, So is Van Avermaet. So I guess you can't bring everybody back. But when your guy is that close, you know, and, and I'll get back to this coming here in a little bit. Let's keep breaking down. So then you have the time gaps. You have Richie Port, BMC at 51 seconds. And, and I think most of this was actually lost in about the last one to two K because that sprint train was hauling. Uh, Adam Yates, Chris Froome, they all got the same time. Uh, Naro Quintana, he loses 115. So he loses an additional, uh, what, 25 seconds there to Froome. And then Egon Bernal at the same as well. Um, so how'd the Americans fare today? You had, like I said, TJ Van Garderen, Taylor Finney, both at the same time. As the winner, they were made that front group of 55 and 56th place, respectively. Uh, Chad Haiga uh, loses 130. It's no big deal. He's a he's a helper. Ian Boswell. So Ian Boswell is 153 at 244 back. I don't know if he had problems today or his role is just different than kind of what some of us have thought. Now, it's his first tour. Um, so there's probably not a lot expected on him, but he's a little bit older. He's been with Sky it's maybe he's expected to do more. So I was kind of surprised at, at that loss and then loss in Craddock, 750 uh, back. Okay, some things that make you go, hmm. So, well, let me talk before we do that real quick. Uh, loss in Craddock. So he loses 750. The word on the, on the street, well, what he had done in an interview, he said there was x-rays. He actually had uh, fractured, slightly fractured his scapula. So he was actually in a lot of pain today. Um, faces banged up, you know, I love things online, tweet comparisons of world cup soccer players. who's down holding his ankle, getting carted off and he probably wasn't even kicked. And then you have, you know, Lawson Craddock for 80 kilometers with a sh- fractured shoulder, bloodied face, holding on. And that's the way cycling is. So, um, and by the way, I haven't seen any of the world cup, so I'm glad to, to pronounce that. Okay. Things that make you go. Hmm. Uh, Nairo broke both wheels also, you know, just outside the three kilometer point. And, you know, there's some speculation or, hey, why didn't he be able to do this? And my first thought is, yeah, exactly that. Um, you know, maybe it's just the thought of he's not quite the writer that's on top of the thinking of here's what I've got to do in these t- t- situations. It reminds me of like crit racing where you, you know, it's, if there's a wreck, you take that free lap and not a lot of riders do that. Uh, maybe they don't always know that they can, but they can. And as part of the rules, you get hung up on a crit uh, and a wreck, you can do that. Um, and maybe, 
I say all this and then you know, you read further and he's like basically saying, look, it was not even possible. These wheels were both broken. and But it does make me think of one other thing is you have a team like um, Movie Star with three big riders uh, coming in there, Landa, uh, Nairo Quintana, and Alejandro Valverde. And Valverde himself, well, both of those guys, when you have all three of them, and you have your team then split up. So, you know, Chris Froome has, everyone's just all in for Chris Froome. So with Chris Froome, everyone, you know, certain riders are dropping back. They have that coordinated. But how do you split those roles up when you have three guys to basically take uh, and protect these, these uh, the, the, the protected guys? So you have eight guys, you take three out. Now you've got five, you know, one or so each. Uh, maybe if they had had a different way that they were doing this and not have two or not have three, um, it would have been better served. Okay, uh, similar on that, TJ and Greg Van Avermaet were the two, only two BMC riders in the top group. They didn't drop back. It reminded me of a uh, 2016 tour when Richie was first riding with BMC. I think it was stage two, and he gets in a he gets a flat tire in the last 5K. His whole team's around him, uh, but no one stops, and he loses a minute 45. That minute 45, he ends up fifth overall, and that minute 45 would have put him in second place. So you never know how these things work out. Uh, and, you know, that happened to him, poor thing, that year. We'll see how this one works out for him uh, overall. Now, it's very, very early. So was that. Okay, Froome crashes day one, uh, similar to his crash. Uh, not similar, but he had a similar issue that he did at the Giro where he crashed in the time trial. This correct wreck, though, and like I, I mentioned, if you go back and look at the tweets and there's this video that he, the crash, while it looks kind of horrific at the time, I think it was softer than what he did. That crash he did in the Giro, even though it's on the TT, it was a, a, a full impact on his side, may have made a bigger difference than what you see here today. So a little bit softer. Um, but obviously reminiscent, he's not starting out the tour. like. And, you know, there's, like I said, Chris and Kurt may be uh, feeling a little lackluster with cycling right now and the tour. And so maybe they will kind of make a comeback of watching this race if Froome has a lot of trouble. And, you know, starting out with an injury, um, it bodes well for their, their prospects. So hopefully we'll get them back. Okay, what's coming up in the next few stages here? Uh, stage two tomorrow, Sunday, June 8th, 182.5 kilometers from... Uh, Marion Saint-Germain to La Roche-sur-Yon. The route is almost, it's kind of like a big counterclockwise loop ending not too far from where they're starting. So, and it's flat. There's a, let's talk about this. So the start um, in Saint-Germain, it's it's like a commune there. The La Roche-sur-Yon, it's also a commune in the Vendée uh, department, which by the way, you can see that on the side of the direct energy team, the Vendée, they're from that, that's their home region. This town was uh, formally named, uh, changed in like 1804, I think, uh, to Napoleonville, named after the little pint-sized uh, tyrant uh, when you moved the Vendée government over there. So just some interesting facts here. That, that's what we do for this. Um, tomorrow, we have a Cat 4 kilometer, uh, Cat 4 kilo, uh, KOM up the Côte de Poisage, one kilometer at 3.9%. So it doesn't sound, you know, maybe it's just, it's like handing candy out to these guys getting someone early on on the, uh, on the, the jersey. We'll see if, uh, I'm sure, I think Leidenois won it today. So we'll see if he can hold that on for tomorrow. Uh, so it's only 28 kilometers in. He'll be fresh enough to take that on. Then there's a sprint at 132 kilometer point. 
And then there's the bonus sprint, uh, just 20K from the finish. So it'll be interesting to see how they're, they're doing with these bonus sprints and if they, they make anything up. So it's fairly flat day tomorrow. Uh, you'll see some lumps early on. Like I said, there's that one kilometer climb. Uh, the finish, I looked at the finish the last 5K. I mean, it goes from 50 meters in height up to around 80 in the middle, about three to go, and then pops up to 73 meters at the finish. So I don't think it should be much of a problem. Should be another sprinter day, of course, unless you see problems like you had today with the wrecks and the roads. And it will be interesting to see how some of these guys rebound from that. Plus, some of the GC guys are probably looking to save uh, save themselves just a little bit so that they can get um, you know rested for stage three, which is the team time trial. All right, so I'm still working on this uh, YouTube thing, and we'll see if uh, I can get the uh, chat activated um, to see if anybody is able to join in and make some comments why we do this. Uh, if not, then no big deal, but, uh, maybe leave me a note. Tell me how, if you think you would rather have this on Facebook live or YouTube, cause I'm going to try to join in and we'll give some, some brief things. Look, there's some cool stuff out there. People are doing all kinds of uh, tour. I know there's other podcasts coming up. I think even in the local area, our friend, uh, Jason Grafath had mentioned one. So when I find more details about that, I'll let you guys know more the merrier. Uh, I saw Floyd Landis, um, Dave Toll, um, Dave Zabriskie are doing one where they're commenting live from like the last 20 kilometers. Uh, and they, they, there was a good picture of them and there was a guy, a wizard. So I, I don't have a wizard with me. Typically I have Chris and Kurt and um, I don't think any of them have any special powers. But anyway, those are those those kind of things are out there. There's some great podcasts. Uh, tomorrow is the one year anniversary from the start of this podcast. We are doing, this is 73 episodes We've done a full year now. Uh, you know, one of the first things I think I started last year. I've tried to look back. I don't want to listen to it though. It's, I don't think it was that good. But um, is what do you do for the tour to get all your, um, you know, your your info? What do you listen to? What do you watch? Um, and I'll just give a brief accounting of kind of what what I do. See if I could bring this off the top of my head. And uh, one of my favorite podcasts, which has always been, is the cycling podcast. Uh, I really like that from Europe. Um, and then you have cycling tips has one Velo news has one. I'm not as up or care as much about those two. Um, there's also an ITV, uh, it's Euro, it's from Europe. It's a, a pretty good one. There's a BBC, uh, also has a pretty good podcast. Uh, and then of course the between two wheels podcast. Oh, and Lance Armstrong has his movement or it was stages. Now it's the move. What was the move today, Lance? What was the move in the race? Anybody want to... The, the move was probably Gaviria hitting the front at two, 20, 200K to go. Or maybe it was uh, Froome going over ahead of her heels. You know, Lance, I wish he would... He made an interesting comment on his podcast about not being able to buy your weight because people had said about Froome, you know, you put all this money in and and hit to his uh, analytical, non-analytical finding... Um, test the subutamol and Lance is like, look, you can't, I'm proof that you can't just put in a lot of money and end up, you know, winning your way out of this uh, and, and have the charges go away, you know, because of this federal lawsuit. But Lance, that was your federal lawsuit against the U.S. government. It seems like to me, I'm trying to remember which year it was, uh, 2099, somewhere in there where he had a positive test at the Tour de Suisse. That went away because he, I think, bought out the UCI and he did so with, um, what it was a hundred thousand dollar loan to them or, or 
purchase gift so that they got some anti-doping stuff. So Lance, um, not quite buying your thing. Anyway, thanks for joining us today. Uh, once again, give us some comments and some feedback and we'll be back for probably a stage two recap. And then this next week's a little hectic for me at work, but I'm going to get as many of these done as I can. Thanks for joining us.